0: Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Tonight's show is brought to you by Postmates. Download the Postmates app today and use the promo code DRINKINGBROS and get $100 in free delivery. Download the Postmates app today yes welcome to drinking bros podcast once again live from miami florida at the bloodbath of the national championship last night where my beloved ohio State buckeyes took a beating uh took a beating last night but luckily we have one of the kings of ohio here uh from a team that actually did win over the weekend the cleveland browns mr joe thomas is here how are you
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys.
0: Yeah. Man, look at you. You're strapping. Um, Have you lost a bunch of weight since leaving the the league? I did. I
1: I lost maybe 60 or 70 pounds. That was the big thing for me. I wanted to shed some weight so the joints felt a little bit better when I woke up in the morning.
2: Yeah, yeah. Speaking of joints, I'll be right back. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Dan Dan smokes marijuana live uh, pretty much every day. No, this is CBD,
2: Um, bro. Is it really? No, motherfucker! Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Be reasonable, uh, Ross. I don't have time for this shit today. I got things to do. I
0: know. I know you don't, Joe. Uh, were you surprised? It's Sunday. The uh, the the beating of the Steelers like that. I mean, I look. We host a huge sports show. Uh, mybookie.com is one of our sponsors. I told the audience to go all in. It was my lock of the week on the Steelers.
1: Oh, ouchies. Uh, you lost a few followers after that game.
0: So. Oh, I, I, I lost a few, uh, zeros in the bank account after that game. Um, it was brutal, man, but you know, 28 zero in the first quarter. Um, it's, it's hard to look at it and not be shocked, I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, After the first quarter, they were on pace to win, what, 112-0? to You have to say that's probably the most shocking playoff game that we can remember in in recent history. But I I wasn't surprised the Browns won because as soon as Juju Smith-Schuster started spouting his mouth off about how basically the Browns are still the crappy old Browns that we've been whooping up on for years and that uh, we're not really worried about them, I knew that they were taking it too lightly. I think he had forgotten that playoffs the Steelers had lost four out of the last five games
2: yep but I was actually
1: feeling pretty good about the Browns chances no I didn't think it was going to be 28-0 at the end of the first quarter and they are basically going to be trying to run out the clock uh from halftime on but uh, I'll take
0: it anyway I can get it no and I get it man we have a ton of Browns fans um who are you know listeners and diehards Phil Sees is one of them he he went he's one of my best friends and he went viral a couple of years ago he was the guy that was crying in the bar when you guys drafted johnny manzel which <laughs> <You laughs> was that, a, guy? that
2: that was an appropriate response by the way
0: yeah but well, he was excited
1: after he was drafted and after he got cut so the good news is you don't have to change the, uh, the response there <laughs> <laughs>
0: it, it's true but i mean you know the 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 juju comments about the Browns being the Browns like did you played there for uh, what 11 seasons i think it was? Yeah. W- were you a pro bowl every single season?
1: I made the pro bowl every year until my final season i tore my tricep in mid-year and then i did not make the pro bowl.
0: Man, you you look you're one of the best who, who's ever done it in my opinion, but um uh and you're also <laughs> beloved by that city. Like everybody loves you there. Um With this team, how far do you think they can go? I saw something with you on TMZ yesterday saying Browns by 10 over the Chiefs this weekend.
1: You know, I'm not exactly sure I would take that to my bookie, but I'm a Network employee. I don't have the ability to bet on football, so yeah, go ahead, Browns by 10. But no, seriously, like the NFL playoffs, it's not like basketball where basically you know who the final two, maybe three or four teams are going to be. In football, once you're into the playoffs, because it's single elimination and because it's the any given Sunday philosophy in the NFL, you saw what happened with the Browns and the Steelers. You never know who's going to make it, who's not going to make it. So I wouldn't count any team out, no matter who you are. Yeah, that's yeah.
2: Uh, we just saw this week what happens when you don't take them seriously, right? And this is going to be an interesting week. Uh, I Hopefully, the entire Kansas City coaching staff is in their players' ears and be like, hey, guys uh what the fuck don't don't do what you do don't be the fucking 2016 17 warriors and and go down by 15 going into the last quarter that's not how we're going to play this because if they come out lack ago against cleveland obviously they can put up points they've got one of the most dynamic running back tandems in the league they have people that can go fucking deep and say what you want about baker mayfield he is a winner uh, I don't think he's going to be a great NFL quarterback at any point by the standards that we measure, great quarterbacks, quote-unquote, but he does win games. like kind of like a Russell Wilson guy, I guess, early in his career. He's found a way to win games, and if they take him lightly, they're going to lose the game. And that would be – how fucking crazy would that be if the Browns beat the fucking Chiefs? You know what I mean? Oh,
1: yeah. The, the upset of uh, the Browns over the Steelers was a big point. Yeah. Back off Super Bowl champs but I think you made a good point like the Chiefs one weakness is their defense is average they're not very good in the red zone and they're they're just not very good at stopping the run Mm. and so how do you defend Patrick Mahomes You can't really limit him in the passing game because he's going to get his yards he's going to get his points but with the Browns rushing attack they've got an opportunity to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline on the bench if they're able to just chew up the clock get four and five yard runs throughout the course of the game Mm. and kind of try to keep it a close game, which the chiefs have been known to play a lot of close games. They don't seem to blow anybody out. So if the Browns can kind of play the clock game in the second half, if it's close, you never know. They got an opportunity. Maybe if they've got the ball on that final drive, go down and and allow Baker Mayfield to kind of be a legend and go and get the points that they need right at the end of the game.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm have never been sold on Baker Mayfield full disclosure. When we did our, our draft show, um, I actually said to draft Josh Allen. That was my dude. I thought he was going to be a great NFL player. I yeah. think if you guys, I, yeah, hey, I'm
1: pretty
0: good. I I think if you guys have, like, uh, again, I know you probably can't say this, but uh, with Baker, I think if you had like a Matt Ryan or just a normal game manager with that team and the running backs, because there's a lot of talent on the Browns. I just don't know if Baker's the dude to do it. Do you think he's the the long-term answer to QB for the Browns?
1: I do when you look at his numbers on the season, they're not gonna blow you away, but that's only because he played pretty poorly at the beginning of the season. Since the middle of the season, he's been one of the better performing quarterbacks. I think he's only one interception and He's been delivering what he needs to do important parts of the game. And so um I think he was a young player learning a new system with training camp. Uh, because it, and it just took him a little bit of time before he got comfortable with this offense that he was in, and since then I think he's been really good. and So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he plays against Kansas City. But he did great against Pittsburgh. Now he didn't have to do a whole lot because of the way the game started. Um, but I still got a lot of faith in Baker, and and I think he's playing his best football at the right time of the season in December and now in January.
0: Um, has the spread come out yet, Dan? I'd be curious to see what it is. Yeah, I'm looking now. Chief, Hang on a sec. The Chiefs haven't played in—it right. uh, feels like a month at this point. Yeah.
1: I saw it was like nine it's, and a half. I it, thought right after the game. I don't know if that's
0: changed. It's—it's
2: it's minus ten right now. And yeah,
1: yeah, I, I thought maybe like the Browns homers jumped all over that and maybe uh, it came it down a little bit. But, but that's a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that Kansas City's really good, but um, they haven't played, and a lot of times. You can get a little bit rusty in the NFL if you have if you're playing, and sometimes those teams that have that first round buy in the playoffs, mm. they come out a little bit slow. The Browns have a chance to kind of jump on them and then turn to their running game. They can make it a short game, and I think they got a chance on the stretch.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they play it defensively too. I mean, we all know about uh, uh, Garrett and his ability to rush the passer and everything, but just their entire defensive scheme and how I, to be honest. How anybody manages to stop Kansas City's offense is a goddamn mystery to me Um, with all the weapons they have and the scheme they run. Uh, So anytime you see somebody do it, I guess everybody takes note. I I don't know if – I think with that offense and Andy Reid's mentality, they probably are similar to Belichick in in that they don't really game plan for other teams. They just run their offense and see what happens because they're that good. I don't think they need to. Cleveland, on the other hand, is going to need something. They're going to need something in special teams, something in defense. They're going to need to hold Kansas City to field goals instead of touchdowns or whatever the case is to keep this game close. And it's going to come down to those little plays. Now, Kansas City doesn't have a great defense at all, but uh, Baker does from time to time go through these streaks where he turns the ball over a lot. So we'll see what happens. I mean, if they stay calm in the first half of the game, he's not throwing passes high, wide, right to his out receivers and things like that. It could be a very interesting game, more so than what Vegas is saying. I mean, it's a 10-point spread. Uh, what are you doing there, guy? You've you're, 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 you got stuff See, on yeah, the, the screen. See, the 10
0: points, look, the with, with that 10 points, man, I'm going to buy a half a point down and go nine and a half and go yard in the Chiefs. I'm sorry, Joe. I love you, but I've got to make the audience money, you know? <laughs>
1: Just like last
2: weekend when you told him to hammer them. I don't see faces on the screen. I see yeah. email. Giorgio, <laughs> uh, are you good back there? Yeah, he's uh, he's got AIDS, but we're treating it.
0: Yeah. We we, uh, we got a little tech tech issues today. I went hard in Miami, Joe. Um, there's, there's nothing more depressing than losing a national championship. So i went absolutely bug fuck last night and i'm kind of shaking it off i knew when trey sermon broke his collarbone the first play of the game last night that it was gonna be a rough night for daddy um and when i when i say daddy obviously i'm talking about myself um but so
1: what does a rough night look like in miami because we had the super bowl there last year mm. and uh, the nfl network sent all their people down there and I enjoyed myself. That was my first time really getting after it in Miami. And uh, that place can be a little dangerous.
0: Real dangerous. It's I Look, it's like Vegas. So you've got about four days here, and then you max out, and then you're all done. Or you just end up dying here.
2: I feel like you guys sound like a couple of fucking quitters right now. <laughs> That's what you I sound like. Quit. Go on a fucking I bender, will. dude. Stop being a pussy. I, I'm tired of hearing this shit. We've lost... Everything masculine in America now. Don't let binge drinking and doing drugs be something that we lose as well. For Christ's sake, can we not lose that? Because I can't live Look, I can't I, live without I, it. I need it. I, I didn't. I'm still all in,
0: Dan. I'm still the man that you know and love, obviously. But uh, you're still
2: wearing the uh, the fucking concert uh, wristband from two days ago, fuckface. So <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if I you are. I mean, you're, that, 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 you know, he
0: got into the club. Right?
2: That is a good sign. <laughs> That's a good $20. sign. Yeah. yeah. That's a, good, that's a good point, though. If you go on a pub crawl, I kind of judge people based on how many wristbands they come out with. Like, how long did you stay sober enough to convince that fucking bouncer to let you into that building? Because uh, I've been in those situations. At Penn State, holy shit. You know that big bar? Ross, we went there. No, we didn't, we didn't end up going there. You know that big bar uh, that's down in the student area right near uh, all the dorms? And uh, there's always a guy out there trying to make sure that you're not too fucked up when you come in. Once you get in, it's whatever. Right. But the the guy's looking at me last time I was there. The guy's looking at me like, Hey, you seem a little drunk. And I'm like, I am a little drunk. Yeah. And I'm coming in here to get even more drunk. So just shut the fuck up and move. And and I guess I articulated it so well that he was like, all right, this guy's good. And he let me in, even though I was kind of rude. I think that's the point though. Everybody's everybody's on board with our debauchery. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: But here's the thing. Like I expected everything that happened to me tonight. So like I have, you know, no regrets, obviously over that. Yeah. We're getting tattoos hashtag no regurts, obviously but um there was a night like it's the accidental fucked up where you're just like oh shit that happened i was at a, a super random but at a dave matthews concert one of the guys had died um like an hour before the show so they didn't know one of the band members oh yeah yeah they didn't know because he was in a he was in the hot. and uh, they announced live on air that's you know hey man or uh, live on stage like hey man He's dead. We're still going to play tonight, blah, blah, blah. There was a, a couple of lesbians that were sitting behind me and they were smoking weed and it was laced with PCP. I didn't know that. Um, and they were like, hey, can we offer you our condolences? And I was like, yeah, I'll take a hit of that on another planet. Right. I mean, for the entire thing, one of the greatest shows I've ever been to. But like Dan was saying, I went to the bar afterward. I didn't know how fucked up I was until the bouncer said, hey, man, you seem like you're on acid and I was like oh my god is it is it that obvious and he goes are you on acid and I go I'm not sure what was in that bowl Uh what I did know is I did smoke it and you're right I'm probably too fucked up to go into your establishment
1: (laughs) you had the wherewithal to be able to recognize like that someone else was being your uh, custodian and had your own best interests in mind like at least you didn't try to fight him like that's that's when it's just it goes too far
0: yeah, yeah, and look, going to Ohio State, I've seen plenty of people try to fight the bouncers because I, I was a bouncer for four years in college. That's what I did. There was always somebody at the end of the night who was just like pissed off at a girlfriend or whatever, and they would take a swing or something. And so I'm used to it, and I but I also respect it. So I didn't go after the the gentleman. I was just like, no, 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 you're right. I, I'm fucked up, and I'm going to bounce out of here.
1: That's what I respect about you. You're yeah, professional.
2: Well, it's almost like the weatherman. If the weatherman's on TV saying, hey, it's fucking snowing outside and you put shorts and a t-shirt on and go outside like an asshole, then you fucking deserve what you get, to be honest. (laughs) And if you try to get into a bar when you're on PCP, you get in there, (laughs) then you deserve what you get, asshole. And you know I mean?
1: Here's my question. How did you find out that there was PCP?
2: So it got to a (laughs) point where I I had not
0: felt like that in a while, you know, or like whatever, five, six years. And so I turned back towards the lesbian couple and I said, hey, I'm pretty sure there was more than just weed in there. Do you want to let me know what that is? And they were like, oh my God, we're so sorry. It's just a little bit of angel dust in there. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, it was, I was like fucking Ethan Hawk in training day where it was, oh, I didn't know you like to get wet, buck naked, charm, like all of the things. I went full training day uh, that night and it is what it is. Um, a man died. I'm a I'm a fan of Dave Matthews, and I took that, Joe. I took it.
1: You're a true fan. That's all I can say. You you were willing to do anything to appease the Dave Matthews crew that clearly were yes at that moment
0: numb the pain. <laughs> like a guy like you is fucking partied. What's what's one of the craziest fucking party sitches in your life that you got into? Mm. Here we go.
1: You know the funny thing is when when you get into that mindset we don't remember as much. And that's uh, probably a good thing, you know, now that I try to be a somewhat respectable father and uh, NFL network somewhat professional, it's good that I don't remember some of those days in college because going to Wisconsin, you know, it wasn't as heavy on the truck. There was a lot of alcohol that was yeah. consumed in college. There was a lot of blackout nights that uh, things were a little foggy, and I'm glad it was right at the beginning of the, like, cell phone camera days because I don't know how these college guys these days – can go out now with everybody having a cell phone camera and recording every single thing that you do. After yeah. the national championship game tonight, what like what do those guys do? Just go back to their rooms and take a nap?
0: No, there was there <clears throat> was some shots and some images of like the players' hotel rooms this morning, and there was just beer cans outside for the maids. Like uh, there was one that it was like 60 coming out of somebody's room. Yeah, and you were like, oh shit, <clears throat> I get it. During the time of COVID that we're in it's so weird because you can't go out to a club and rage or hit the streets and rage. Like most of the shit closes down at like 11 o'clock. Well, in Miami, um, you probably can right?
1: Even in Miami, huh?
0: Yeah. Even in Miami, like, I like, I was surprised where, um, you know, certain things are open, but the masks the mask sitch going out and then putting the mask on and then going back to the thing and everything else, it's not like it used to be where it was like, all right, I'm going to dump some cocaine out on the table. And here's an orgy that's going to happen inside oh,
2: the wow. Miami club. Yeah. I mean, it seems reasonable to me. I, I've got a couple of other questions. Uh, one, Joe, so you were in Madison for what, three, four years? How many years?
1: I was in Madison four years.
2: Four years. So, did you ever go to Wando's where you get free bacon on Tuesdays? Because that's one of my favorite places. I, I lived in Madison for a while. It's a fucking nice place yeah, to live. Yeah,
1: uh, Wando's, great spot. Um, yeah. Actually, my wife in there for a little
2: bit. Oh, and you grew up near Milwaukee, right? So you know uh, Comet as well. On Sundays, they do free bacon. I've never seen, there's the only two restaurants I've ever heard of that do this shit. So, Comet. Uh,
1: so, what we used to do at Wando's, because Tuesday night was 75 cent PBR and bacon, yep. we'd bring. Yep. Post and lettuce and tomato and make the. <laughs> <laughs> you can't bring
2: lettuce from home, <laughs> fuck face. What are you doing? I mean, that's pretty fun. They don't give a shit there though. That's I mean, I think they're uh that place is uh unique uniquely situated. It's kinda like right in between where the older crowd starts to live down near Johnson Street and shit and, and the campus. So there's still there's a good mix of people that go in there. So I'm sure they yeah, had and, and Wisconsin football players aren't known for doing stupid shit either, which is nice. You, uh, you guys run. Out. I mean, you're not known for getting caught doing stupid shit. Excuse me. Apologies. Don't <laughs> yeah. you worry. Know, you guys.
1: people about Madison? Why I, I think I, I love on there, and so many players have so much fun is because it's a very tolerant city of being drunk and stuff. Yeah. Like if you're just stumbling down the street, nobody thinks anything of it. It's kind of mm. how everyone is, and there's like this this big love affair with. Hey, it's okay. Like it's it's not exactly Vegas or or Miami, but. There's a lot more tolerance, I think, of be acting like an idiot than a lot of other college campuses. And right. I think that's why people love going to school there so
0: much. Right. How many times did you hear the song "Jump Around" over under 300?
1: Oh, way over. I mean, yeah. you, hear, you know, 50 some games that I played in there, and then basically every house party they played mm. "Jump Around" like three or four <laughs> times, depending on how drunk the DJ is getting.
0: Did you ever meet him? Everlast? Did you guys ever hang and rage?
1: I never did. No, no. I mean, love to. You got the connection. You try to hook
0: it up. Well, we'll hook it up with Everlast. Absolutely. Um, I'd like to hear an acoustic version on the show, and then see old school Joe Thomas just run through a fucking wall like the Kool Aid Man.
1: Yeah. You know who we used to party a little bit too when we were in college was OAR. Since you're like a Columbus guy. Yes. Uh, didn't they uh, go to school at Ohio State, or they kind of like started in that area?
0: Not only did they start there, but they used to play in our fraternity house. And, go,
2: but the most Dude, important so, the most important thing about Columbus is that uh uh Guy Fieri's from there, right? Can we all agree on that? Flavortown. Yeah.
0: Flavortown. They're gonna rename the town, Joe. You know that, right? So Flavortown? Of course. Yeah, Columbus is racist now, so it's gonna be it's gonna have to they're they're looking at renaming it. Flavortown is currently in the lead. That's and nice. I gotta s yeah, I'm all for it, obviously. Oh yeah. I'm all for it. Are you an OAR fan? Is that why you brought it up?
1: I was, yeah. I, I can't say they're on my iPod right now, currently, but uh, when I was in college, that like, you loved to little OAR. We can get down to that.
2: What's your playlist right now, other than K pop? Skip that because everybody knows that one already.
1: K pop? Well, I'm not sure there's anything left. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> you know what? I, I'm, I'm big on variety. So it just depends on my mood. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm working out, I'll probably go old school, like Metallica, mm-hmm. like 80s, 90s rock um acdc like something a little bit harder but i I like 90s rap 90s hip-hop early 2000s like the shit we used to listen to at house parties yeah i guess Um, we
2: haven't talked about uh dr dre on the show yet i mean he's still in a fucking coma or some shit right oh
0: that's right did we forget about dre
2: i don't think we did nailed it
0: no we didn't okay good i always want to make sure (laughs) we we didn't forget about dre yeah he's still in like the icu he's got uh, a brain aneurysm they're trying to locate the bleeding right now yeah that's
2: usually no. that usually doesn't have a good ending uh yeah so he's probably yeah fucked. I, and it also that's happens a lot
0: during it's very common during divorces where your wife is asking for 20 million a month and that's what's going on as well
1: Ooh. <laughs> she's got a lot of spending habits apparently you know the clothes they're not free these days
0: boy i looked at they uh, he leaked he leaked her shit to tmz um and the things that she was asking for we I mean, absolute absurdity, like, you know, two million in security I was like, dude, I couldn't spot. I could pick her out of a fucking lineup, let alone give her two million dollars a month in security. Bodyguards. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You can tell. I mean, I've 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 read the reports. ISIS is over there right now fucking twisting their mustaches and stroking their long beards. be like, we've got to get. And they don't even know her name either, because none of us know her name. Right. No one knows her fucking name. Come on, man. Nobody knows yeah. who this person is. You're not going to get kidnapped if nobody knows who you are. Sorry.
0: How many kids you got, Joe? I got four. Yeah, so you're not going anywhere, right? Like you're in it for the long haul.
1: I, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. are planted.
0: Same. I get I get two kids, and it's like you read this shit and you think about it, and you're like, man, do I even really want to go through that? Like, you no. know, <laughs> I'll let her watch the fucking murder docs, like you know, a couple more hours. Like, I don't want to go through the rest of it, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with, with Dr. Drake. If I gave you a million dollars, could you even tell me if he was married or not before all this came? No, <laughs> no. I, I, I had no. Guess.
2: I had no idea he was he was married. All I know about him is what I saw on uh, uh, the movie Straight Outta Compton, which our buddy Neil Brown was in. Great movie, by the way. Can't believe yeah. it didn't win an Oscar. Still, but heard about that five years later. Yeah, it was, it was a great. It was a great flick. I'll never trust the Academy again after that.
0: No, and you shouldn't. We shouldn't. Uh, what about you? Do you watch do you watch Draft Day with Kevin Costner? That's a Browns movie. <laughs> it was
1: required watching because at the time I was still on the team and they were filming um, in Berea where we practice. And so mm-hmm. Kevin Costner and all those cast of characters were like living in a trailer outside in our parking lot. And they would come in and film scenes in the stadium or in our practice facility. And so um, I enjoyed it because I was a Browns fan, but I don't think it got uh, great reviews outside of people that were Browns fans.
0: Yeah, it was one of those movies where, like, you know, he trades like nine draft picks in the first round. and You're like, that could never happen, and yeah. it ended up happening like two years later, yeah. to you guys. Yeah.
2: Well, the, the the only there's one thing that could have redeemed that movie, and that is if uh, what I'm sure happened, which is that Kevin Costner tried to get his dick into the movie somehow, would have happened. Yes, that would have been the best because he's. Uh, I, you you may not know this, but as a as a fan of that movie, you should know more about K. Cause he tries to get his dick into every movie he's in. And uh, he gets shut down by the studio every time for some reason. I don't know why. I don't. Apparently, he's got a hog on him, but I don't know if it's like bent weird or it's got like a swastika birthmark on it or some shit. But they won't let it on camera. I don't know what it is.
1: Curly, curly cue like a pig's tail, That's
0: I mean.
2: yeah. Well, that's what it I, might I would say.
0: Be. Yeah. I, look, so Joe, this is this is a true story, by the way. He's had his penis cut out of eight movies. So his dream is to have his dick on screen and they have cut it out of eight different films. How funny would it be
2: I'm- if Kevin Costner just started an OnlyFans at this point? <laughs> <laughs> just to get it out to the world? Yeah. I mean, they're almost finished recording the next season of, uh, of uh, Yellowstone, so he's got plenty of time.
0: And it's, yeah, his, it's
2: his production company that makes Yellowstone, right? Like, they do the, all of it yeah. for the Paramount Network or whatever. So, yeah, he's got plenty of time. He can start an OnlyFans. Him and Giorgio, our producer, can link up, share OnlyFans. just pictures uh, of dicks all day.
1: First movie where he was like all right guys i got this great idea i want my dick on screen do you think it was dancing with the wolves it was,
0: was it? yep sure. dances with wolves i could also see him doing it in the untouchables just well, as a flex of well, like- he,
2: yeah that would have been good like him and sean connery standing outside of a building after rousing some dudes and they just start pissing and sean looks over at his dick and he goes oh it's quite a helmet you got on you you know what i mean and he just shakes you know, it. He just shakes it. Doesn't say a word. Puts it away. And he's like, "Yeah, I know." And he walks away. That would have been a you fucking. You know, Connery
0: had a fucking hammer on him too. I bet yeah. you the hog on that guy was intense. Um, he was also the one. Sean Connery was like, "I don't, I don't understand why it's not okay to give your woman a rap on the beak." You know, like <laughs> he was because he was old enough of like
2: old Scottish, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Light domestic violence is is okay over there. Yeah. So it was like, yeah you know, yeah. uh, RIP, obviously he's gone, but, yeah. uh, right. Uh, uh I'm going to go over some stats with you here. Do you remember your 20 yard shuttle run?
1: Uh, I think it was like four, three, somewhere in there. I'm guessing.
0: Wow. 4.88. You were incorrect. I mean, you uh-huh. really lowered that. that <laughs> yeah. I think so you're-
1: I think you need to fire your research team.
0: It says your 20-yard shuttle run was 4.88. Your 40-yard dash was 4.93.
1: Okay.
0: So <laughs> but you were 311? 311? 311,
2: did 311 pounds?
0: That, did you run that 40-yard dash at 311 pounds? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was
2: like <clears throat> yeah, 310,
0: 311. Wow. Dude, that's fucking incredible. I, so I remember mine, ugh, I was like 487, and I was maybe 175 pounds. So
1: <laughs> You weren't going pro. No.
0: no, no. I definitely was not going pro. Um, Actually, what about your...
1: You know, back in those days, it was like one scout with a stopwatch. And depending on how many beers he had the night before, I think it could be <laughs> plus or minus 0.2 seconds.
0: <laughs> Do you remember your vertical jump? Uh,
1: I think I was like 33, 32 maybe.
0: 33. You nailed it. You nailed it. Your broad jump is impressive, Jesus Christ. No wonder you were a legend. 9 9 feet 2 inches.
1: Well, solid. I was happy with that, yeah.
0: That's solid and then your bench press of a uh, 225 was 28 reps.
1: Yeah, that was like good enough. I think anything over 20 for an offensive lineman was like, okay, he's not weak. So, you're good enough to play o line. So, anything over that I'm happy with.
0: How much stock should people take in these in these numbers of the combine? Like, did it really matter?
1: Not really. I mean, in the end, it's really what your film says. And I think the numbers are fun for people that don't know how to watch film and see what a good football player looks like. Um, and it's fun for guys, you know, we're watching the combine. It's a big deal now in the NFL to have the combine on TV. And, you know, you can kind of compare people from one year to the next. But in the end, I think overall, it doesn't really mean a hill of beans.
0: Yeah, I I was always curious about it because, you know, I look at a guy like DK Metcalf, um, who I'd never, full disclosure, I'd never heard of him in college whatsoever. But when that guy came to the combine, they were like, Jesus Christ, have you heard about this freakish athlete, DK Metcalf, who showed up? And his numbers were (laughs) off the chart. They said he got drafted a little too high because it was based on the combine. And then it turned out they were completely correct in drafting him off of all that shit. So maybe there's something to it.
1: I mean, you can always find one example on both directions. I don't know if you remember Mike Mabula. He's like the most famous combine warrior that the Eagles drafted, I think, in the first round. Mm. And he was a defensive lineman, just shredded every record in the combine, strength, speed, quickness. And then he was just a total flop because he couldn't play football. Like In the end, you still got to play football and being faster, stronger, quicker. like Those are all good things for being a football player. But in the end, if you're not a football player, it doesn't matter how big and strong and fast you are.
0: Right. It's true. And look, nobody knows that better than you do. I mean, how many quarterbacks did you have during your tenure at the Browns?
1: I had more than 20.
2: It's
1: like <laughs> 23 or something like that, but over 20 for sure. Well, so you're, talking,
2: you- you're talking about how uh, being a great athlete doesn't necessarily make you a great football player. I remember a couple of years ago, uh, people started talking about LeBron James, who was a large and very athletic man uh, playing football, tight end or whatever the fuck. What do you think about that? I mean, my opinion was before you answer was that because I I, I kind of took this from what it's like to be in combat, right? Because I'm a combat veteran. So people that shoot guns at the range versus me being in gunfights, there's a whole world of difference there. And thinking about doing violent shit on the football field versus actually taking that fucking hit or delivering a hit is an entirely different kind of situation. So I don't think LeBron – I think LeBron James will get murdered in the NFL but I would like to hear your thoughts and make sure you uh, speak very candidly so we can clip this and use it. We'll send it to his team later so you to make it, to make it look like two Cleveland dudes are talking shit to each other. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, we're just trying to so create controversy, guys. Come on.
1: Yeah, perfect. That's what we're supposed to do in a podcast. <laughs> uh, so I would say, had he from high school on trained to be a football right. player, right, like mm-hmm. eating, strength training, practicing – there's no doubt in my mind he could have been of a great course. NFL player. Yeah, yeah. Top hands, unbelievable quickness. He was strong for his his build yeah. and the vision um, too. Yeah, like he would have been a great tight end. Yeah, um, maybe the maybe the maybe just, the best,
2: right? I mean, like with that with that yeah, physical skill set, he could have been like a Dallas He could have been he one of the best still. for sure.
1: However, if you take him from when he was in the NBA and try to put him into the NFL, I think you could have find a role for him. But yeah. I don't know how great he could have been because. I don't think he was big enough and strong enough to be able to be a good blocker. Right, yeah. So you would have had to spread him out. And I, I think he could have had maybe some success as like a Jimmy Graham, where he's always mm-hmm. like a detached tight end because he's such a hard matchup for anybody yeah. on defense because he's so tall. such a great leader, so such great yeah. hands. But would he have been elite level if you just plucked him from the NBA to the NFL? Probably not, because I think you could have got physical with him at the line of scrimmage right. and limited him a little bit. Um, you know, he would have had to put on some big-time bulk mm. and be a little bit more of like a Gronk size mm. to be able to to win some of those tougher right. press coverage-type matchups he would have seen at the line of scrimmage with some of these big linebackers. Right,
2: yeah. I mean, for sure. And he would have – I mean, to put on that bulk, you're going to lose a little bit of the lateral quickness and, and vertical, yeah. but not enough that would matter, right? I mean, he's 6'8", so I don't know if it would have really mattered. He, he, I mean, he's... in the end, he
1: can just turn around and you can just throw him a jump ball. And yeah,
2: for real. I mean, but it's it's – There's no flopping in the NFL, right? You're not gonna get that call in the NFL if you fucking get hit in the back a little bit and fall down. Yeah, Uh, he's that would be interesting though, right? I would like I like to see that. I like all this crossover stuff that's happening in sports now, particularly with people who are simply athletic getting into fights, like the Paul brothers and all this other bullshit that's going on right now is super interesting to me. Um, Jake
0: Jake Paul was at the game last night. He was in Miami. Yeah. Yeah. uh, He's prepping for it. Uh, can you name all the quarterbacks you played for, Jeff?
1: Well, I was gonna say before we do that, uh, I've got a podcast sort of, it's not as serious as this one, but we should we're gonna do like podcasters getting into a fight. Me and my co-host Andrew Hawkins, who's only 5'6", six, we should do a drinking bros tomahawk podcast, uh, Royal Rumble. Like we'll do it in Miami. We can do undercard for Mayweather and one of the Paul brothers, whoever's fighting him. I think we could do we could do great stuff. We could get your betting company to put a line on it, it would be amazing. You know, huge money maker. Wait, so you're oh, saying
2: I'm... you're going to fight Andrew Hawkins, who is a receiver, I believe, <laughs> yeah, for the Browns, exactly. and he's no. about he's about one half of your size, give <laughs> or take. Yeah, let's do it. We'll fund the whole I'm thing.
0: All, I'm all yeah, in for it. it. Um, We're not going to be able I, to
2: get insurance. There's no way. Right,
0: it's fine. I look. I feel like I'm in peak athletic condition right now. And uh, and I'm ready to rock. I challenged Pat McAfee the other day to a punt pass kick for charity for ten thousand uh-huh. dollars, and he literally wrote me back and he goes, "Hey man, I own the all time record still with the <laughs> punt pass and kick." And then he sent me a video from uh, uh, the Philadelphia Stadium, wherever he got the award, yeah. and. Uh, He did. He did win the fucking thing, but he had knee surgery. I feel like I could take it. No,
2: we we. Paul Verzi said he he hung out with uh, Pat recently, and the first thing he saw as Pat walked into the room were his giant quads, and he was like, "I'm leaving, man. This is weird. Like I can't. This is weird. I'm leaving. I'm just gonna get out of here." I we love Pat though. I really want to see. Why is he not? Why is he not announcing on a major football network every single weekend? I don't understand because he's one of the most entertaining people in all of football. I, say what you want. Some of these guys, like I like Tarico, and some of the guys that have been doing shit recently, but, man, come on. Let, let's, let's, let's get the real fucking – let's get Romo in there. I mean, he's in there now, but it, it took some effort. They fucked around because they didn't want to pay people. What whenever, are whenever all these media companies going to realize that you pay your talent? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, honestly, with, with Pat, I agree he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's entertaining, but they don't pay enough to get him in the booth he's probably making way more money doing all the stuff he's doing on the side with his podcast uh, that he would probably have to take a pay cut to go sit in the booth.
2: Uh, He could still do the podcast. I think he just wouldn't be able to do gambling stuff if he's working for the network. Right. But that's, that is what it is. And he's, he's doing a lot of that now. So he'd probably have to change the show, but uh, I mean, Romo got paid, right? How, what did Romo get Ross? Romo
1: got like 20 million a year. He got a huge deal. It's like 13 or
2: 16 or some some shit. Yeah. He's the
1: first guy that got that huge contract.
2: Well, maybe he'll set the standard, honestly, because at the end of the day, like we talked about this all through the social issues with the NFL and the other and the other sports leagues. And then the way they handled uh, uh, COVID and all this stuff at the end of the day, this is a form of entertainment. Like you're a product. You're putting a product on the field. It's not just a game that happens to be monetized. It is literally a product. The people are a product. The branding is a product. The performance itself is a product. All of it is. So you want to fucking put your best foot forward on all that. You know what I mean? That's why I like, uh, like the NBA on TNT. They've got the best crew of sports guys that I've ever seen. Ernie Johnson is good pretty much with anybody, but Shaq, uh, Kenny, and uh, and uh, Charles Barkley, that's the best, I think that's the best just all-around crew of commentators that I've ever seen. Maybe you could say uh, Howie Long and, and, and the guys back in the day uh, when Fox and NFL first got kind of kind of big in that, but uh, I, I love that crew. I feel like the NFL is missing it now, though. Like from the broadcast perspective, where Pat Summerall and John Madden, where's that? Where's that now? I, I feel like it's completely missing now. I I we I used to watch games on Sunday night that I didn't give two fucks about because I wanted to hear. This is when I was like a teenager. I wanted to hear Madden and Summerall talking about the game. You know what I mean? Now that's completely lost. I would watch for Romo though, because romo 's is like, uh, what's that fake Jamaican lady that would tell people's futures miss Cleo yeah I've never seen a guy break the game down like that before he 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 breaks he breaks the game of football down the way that like Tim Kirchhen breaks down baseball it's incredible and it's for for fans I think it's amazing because it get, it makes them you when you start to understand these little uh, uh parts about the game you see so much else that's going on there and that's why I mean offensive linemen historically particularly in college have been the smartest guys on the field, mostly, right? They're, if, when you look down the list of uh, of uh, academic All-Americans, typically the guys that are leading the pack are offensive linemen. I don't know why that is, but I feel like it's because you have to know so much to be able to do that job, and you see the whole field. It's almost like a catcher in baseball. Did you feel that? I mean, you were a tackle, right? So it, it's tell, tell us about what you're thinking about when you're on the line. Like you've got to play, whether it's run, pass, and then all of a sudden – your quarterback checks down or, or uh, calls an audible or whatever and you got to process all that shit and everything on the field all at the same time can you walk us through what that's like
1: yeah for an offensive lineman i, I think quarterbacks have more to learn because they got to know what the offensive line is doing and, the and everybody yeah um but outside of that i i i'm with you there like as an offensive lineman your technique can change and who you block can change with the same play call in the huddle, depending on a slight movement of where the nose guard moves or where the linebackers shift, everything is constantly changing. So you got to be able to think, quick, think think quickly, and you got to be able to communicate it to the guys that are to the right and left of you. And you guys all got to be on the same page because right. one tiny miss turns into a disaster with somebody running free and sawing your $20 million quarterback in half with yeah. a helmet right in the middle of his back. So yeah. the risk of you not doing your job is... No greater at any other position than offensive
2: line. Yeah, I mean, you, you know immediate – like, if, a run, if you're a running back and you don't make the right cut or you drop a ball on the flat or you're a receiver and you drop a ball, yeah, that's a big play. If you're, uh, if you're an offensive lineman and you, you guys run a play and it's a big gain and all of a sudden it gets called back because you've, uh, were, you were a false start or if, like you said, you're fucking uh, – you allowed Joe Burrows to get his uh, entire body destroyed – uh week after week after week after week. That's a big deal, right? I mean that's not that's not a good look. There's a reason that quarterbacks take their offensive line out for stake debtors all the time. Um so it feels that it, it seems like there's a lot of pressure. Maybe maybe as much pressure as any other position. Right. Who, there. Bought, who bought you the best dinner quarterback wise?
1: You know, um awesome. the, there were some good places in Cleveland that we used to go to and uh Pretty much every one of them did a pretty nice job buying them, you know, a real nice solid dinner, like like a nice seafood steakhouse, like a Morton's. Actually, one of the places we had a good time, I don't remember who bought me the dinner because I had so many quarterbacks, but we went to Jeff Ruby's steakhouse mm. in, uh, in Cincinnati. Good spot. They've got these trips <laughs> that are like as big as my head, mm-hmm. and everybody got like a hundred dollar steak. That was, that was a great one.
0: You don't remember the name of the quarterback because don't, don't think that I'm going to...
1: I'm sure he's a great guy, but... Uh, I definitely... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not
0: going to let this go. I want to hear all 20 starting quarterbacks if you can name them.
2: Yeah,
1: there's 0% chance that I can, <laughs> all of them. I can start with a few of them, but then honestly, like the middle ages of my career where we would have a coach and we'd go through three quarterbacks in one season and then we'd fire the coach and all the quarterbacks, it's impossible for me to keep them straight. So... Let's see, I could start with like uh Derek Anderson, Charlie Fry, Brady Quinn, who's three. Um <laughs> Ken,
2: he Ken Dorsey.
1: Ken Dorsey, yeah, he played. Johnny Manziel.
2: Bruce um, Bruce, Gre- Bruce Gretkowski, Gretkowski,
1: Campbell. Yeah.
2: Brian Hoyer. Jake Brian Hoyer, Jake DeLome, Delome after his time with uh, uh uh Carolina came over for a bit.
1: Oh yeah, Jake Delome, Seneca Wallace, yeah,
2: Colt McCoy. Um RG three Brandon Whedon,
1: think, yeah. Tad Josh Lewis, King.
2: Jason Campbell, well, Brian Hoyer. Well, clipboard
1: Jesus Charlie Whitehurst he played for us. Oh
2: yeah, well he never played though because he's yeah. Clipboard oh. Jesus, right? You don't like yeah, yeah. I, can oh, you yeah. can you imagine all the quarterbacks ahead of Whitehurst uh, getting hurt and he's just like, nah, I don't do that shit. Are you fucking are kidding you me? I got the clipboard, man. Somebody else grabbed uh, the ball. You know? I went to high school with Clipboard Jesus. Did
1: you really? Well, yes. Maybe you can confirm that. Right? I'm pretty sure rex grossman he was on the team and he was like the backup and then we had a guy get hurt and he was supposed to be the starter and he was like no nah, i'm good I- i'm just gonna go home I- i'd rather go home than be the starter
0: <laughs> <laughs> i my money is on yes that is totally true i think w- with him in particular right and this is not a bad thing at all but if you're making that much money as a backup quarterback Do you really want to get hurt and then blow that gig? Because let's say you got real fucked up, like ACL, MCL, like a Joe Burrow type sitch where you went down and it was brutal and you were a backup quarterback. Then you lose that fun time. I mean, it it was always like him on yachts with like models and shit like that. Um, He was living his best life.
1: Yeah, I think too. One of the things is when you're the backup, like you have a very – clear understanding of exactly what you need to be doing like don't be late take really good notes in meetings act like it's really important to you and if you can do those things you can be a backup quarterback in the nfl forever Mm -hmm. but if they put you out there all of a sudden you fuck up like they're getting rid of your ass so all of a sudden the the pressure you're you're under those lights and uh, it's kind of make or break and so for a backup quarterback the best thing you can do is just kind of stay out of the way yeah the wall don't do anything, get yourself cut, and you can play forever.
2: If you play forever, it, if you play it yeah. right, like Matt Flynn, for example, is now 35 years old. He's worth about $30 million, and he threw what, one touchdown in the NFL before <laughs> he threw four in one game, right? And then didn't really play again after that because he went to Seattle, Russell Wilson beat him out for the job, but he still had that guaranteed money. You know what I mean? So they, it's win versus uh, – I guess it depends on how long you want to hang out and do stuff. Whitehurst clearly like. I'm surprised he's not uh, he's not on the on the on the track for head coach at this point. Maybe he is, and I just don't know about it. But he seems like the kind of guy that would be a head coach, maybe even in college, not in the pros, because he's he clearly loves football. He, even regardless of how much money you're making, there's no way you stand around and watch that shit. Go to practice and meetings every day if you don't actually enjoy the fucking sport, right? You have to assume that he loves the game.
1: You either love that, or you love the paychecks. <laughs> if you're not getting hit, you can just love the paychecks. That's
0: true. Like, yeah. Joe you got a podcast you know the deal we got some sponsors who put this shit wagon on the air first and foremost ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros 30 off everything in the entire store that is including pillows sheets mattresses adjustable bases all of it shit you can get 20 beds if you want and get them for 30 percent off maybe you're opening up an orphanage I don't know but if you are let those little orphans sleep peacefully tell them to get a ghost bed from ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros where as always they've got a 36 month pay-as-you-go program no interest there and uh let's face it if Biden's bringing that dark winter in we might be shut down you'll need a nice mattress to sleep in go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today our chief sponsor for the sports show is killcliffcbd.com. Uh, best in the biz, 25 milligrams of CBD in every single can. Uh, they've got five amazing flavors now because we got uh, the Joe Rogan flavor, yeah. Anthony. Yeah, we should. Pineapple sure do. and
2: jalapeno. Yeah, it's uh, uh, Flaming Joe. And we need I guess what we need to start doing is lobbying KillCliff to make a Drinking Bros flavor. Um, we'll have to decide what it is so they can. T- it takes a little while to dial the actual flavor in, but I think we need a Drinking Bros Killcliffe cbd flavor i,
0: I want it in like uh like a red white and blueberry
2: i think Let's like call it red white and blueberry and then hmm. get a blueberry one okay i'll text the guy
0: yeah let him know and we want our we want our faces on the can for christ's sakes we deserve it i drink this shit every night i'd love to drink my own face every night yeah um 25 milligrams of cbd in every single can no thc so you will not piss hot on drug tests um look Killcliff is a, a massive massive company they would get massively sued if there was any in there. So you were good to go. Uh, it is great for joints, back pains, all that other stuff. And it, it goes really great with vodka. Go to killcliffcbd.com today for 30% off with the promo code drinkingbros and free shipping. That's uh, 30% off and free shipping with the promo code Drinking Bros at killcliffcbd.com. Uh, the grape is my favorite, by the way. Yeah, Full disclosure, well, but I would like that, that red, white, and blueberry. Yeah. I want it. We'll make it I happen. I want it. Uh, last but not least, mybookie.com. Everything that we are gambling on today <laughs> here in a second uh, is through mybookie.com. Promo code DRINKINGBROS will get you 50% of your deposit back. So if you download a grand, you're going to wake up with 1500 in your accounts. All the spreads that we are reading today on the show are from mybookie.com. Again, promo code Bros will get you uh, half your deposit back. And we're getting down to the wire here, kids. Mm. There's going to be a lot of money being thrown on these games this weekend. And uh, we're going to get your thoughts on that in a second, Joe. One of your quarterbacks, by the way, is I I used to call him the most punchable face in America, Brandon Whedon. Um, Was he cool or what was his sitch? I just didn't like the look of him like when he walked around in real life.
1: He was a cool guy. Yeah, I mean, he was one a name I forgot to mention. Of course, uh, unfortunate. Sorry about that, Mister Whedon. No, he was a cool guy. We got along pretty good. Like, he was, never was able to translate the good arm that he had to good performance on the field.
0: Hmm. Yeah. It's but in real life, he partied. Like, he was a cool guy.
1: You know, it's he was a cool guy. Yeah, I'm not sure if he was going to Miami with like uh, Johnny Manziel, but yeah. pretty cool dude he was 30 when we drafted him though so i think people don't realize he had played a whole baseball career before he went back to
0: college college.
2: yeah he was like uh what's the guy that went to uh florida state winky and then he went to carolina Yeah, yeah he was like 28 when he got drafted right
0: you want to talk about living the absolute dream Going back to college, knowing what you know, late 20s, and then going to Florida State and being a star quarterback. Yeah, can you
2: imagine Winky, how much fucking pussy he slayed down there? I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. Oh, God, dude. I bet there's just a sword outside of his dorm room. Well, there's there's a bunch of leaflets for Planned Parenthood out there he yeah that guy just that's used a crush, an abor- can i get some ass. credit for a fucking abortion joke in the middle of a serious show for Christ no, sake. no i'm not gonna give it to you that guy used to crush <laughs> ass
0: though and I, I like i think that's what you tell your kids to aspire to is chris winky to be
2: honest with yeah you. do a lot but don't do too much
1: Here, here's the thing too like if you had a baseball career i have no idea what his earnings <laughs> were. baseball career he probably had a bunch of money going into college especially compared to all the other college kids so he was out there just like at the clubs buying drinks for everybody. Mm. Like he was the king because of all that money he made in baseball. And on top of that, oh, by the way, your Heisman Trophy winner at Florida.
0: Yeah. I, and, and you have millions of dollars in college at Florida State. Florida State, my God, man. I mean, look at the cutaways during the games. It's That's some of the hottest women in America. He's got millions of dollars and he's going back to college at 28 years old. Bravo, sir. Bravo. That's that's the end-all be-all. Are you allowed to gamble at the NFL Network?
1: We're not. So we're technically considered NFL employees and we're not allowed mm. to gamble. Do you, not, um, is it is it just, just
2: the NFL or is it any gambling at all on no, sports?
1: So I think the rule is in season, in, during the NFL season, you can't gamble on any sports at all. Hmm. Um, and you can't even be in a casino or a sports book during the season. I think in the off-season, you're allowed to going
0: to the casino, but I don't think you're allowed in a sports at all. No shit. So we we do these college picks uh every single week. We also do NFL picks every single week. College I got out. is Yeah, yeah, exactly. College is over now, so that, that show is completed for the season. We'll probably do a recap show of it tomorrow. <clears throat> However, we do have the NFL playoffs. And since you were one of the best, um I believe you called the Browns last week. I was incorrect. I was I think I was four out of six games, um, including overs, unders. I picked all that stuff. My two incorrect picks were the Browns and the Seahawks and the Seahawks got smoked um, with a third string quarterback. I couldn't believe that. Could you,
1: I was surprised, but you know, Russell Wilson had not been playing great down the stretch Mm -hmm. and it seemed like the Seahawks were kind of unraveling um, at the wrong time. You don't want to be unraveling in December and January and they just, They were never able to kind of figure things out. And it seemed like defenses really understood the route concepts they were trying to run. And um, they were like out there calling out their passing plays and they were never able to get anything going in the passing game. And when you're the Seahawks and you can't throw the ball, you got no chance.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was
0: a strange game to watch, man. I, I don't know what to think of that team, to be honest with you. They never cover the spread. It's always super close. Russell Wilson seems like he's more concerned about his brand uh and things going on because there was a report that you know when he started playing shitty uh he had filed like 158 patents or something called like let russ cook he was trying to make his own t-shirts and all that bullshit yeah
2: well he wasn't doing that he had a production team doing that shit i I always laugh because we know what it's like to be behind camera and people are like oh you're doing all this why can't you fucking take my phone call or whatever the fuck i'm like look dude i'm busy like we do a lot of our own shit but you got to imagine at that point with CR and all the other stuff they have going on there's somebody handling that that's not him right you would think
1: Russell's got a lot of money and I guarantee he has a lot of people that are doing a lot of stuff for him yeah. so I guarantee he wasn't doing any of that
2: but he is you uh, you you're, you're right about uh i mean first the steelers and now the seahawks they both limped into the playoffs and that's a thing for real i mean there's there's something to be said like we know statistically speaking that hot hand theory is bunk that's bad data it doesn't exist a a guy making his last shot in basketball for example has no uh, uh uh effect on whether or not he'll make his next shot statistically speaking now people do get hot clay thompson for example steph curry gets hot uh, 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 Reggie Jackson actually, in crunch time, is the best player in the NBA. Nobody knows this. I don't know why, but and in the NFL, especially. But I think it's it's true of all playoff teams. Like if a goalie in hockey gets hot during the playoffs, that team might win the Stanley Cup just because that motherfucker doesn't allow any goals. Like Flory and what was it, uh, twenty eleven or twelve? I don't remember which year that was. When Pittsburgh won their second, I think, title. He was unstoppable. There was no beating Pittsburgh. It didn't matter what anybody did. And <clears throat> we've seen that out of uh, baseball teams, uh, Schilling and, uh, and uh, uh, Randy Johnson for the, what was it, 2001 Arizona Cardinals? We've seen it. And we've seen it with football teams as well, but it's more on the inverse side. So in football, you see a great team limp into the playoffs and just get fucking schwacked like Pittsburgh did last week. There's no reason Pittsburgh should have lost that game like that. Absolutely no reason. It's just no attention to detail, lackadaisical, like you said before, whatever it is. So I wonder, again, it comes back to this week. And it comes back to consistency. What These great teams that we've known throughout history, the ones that we consider dynasties, like maybe the 1990s um, uh, Bulls and and Cowboys, uh, the early – two uh, thousands Spurs and Lakers, those teams and so on and so forth, the the Patriots over the course of the last twenty years, I guess, have whenever it came down to crunch time were able to turn on another their afterburners or they were the kind of team that just stayed like the Patriots who just stayed disciplined all the time. I don't see that in professional sports very much anymore. We haven't seen one of those teams, even the Warriors at the height of their the height of their fucking fame, uh with with even when Durant got there they couldn't keep it together enough not to lose games that they shouldn't have lost and it seems like whatever that fucking killer instinct is isn't out there in a lot of players anymore and i don't know why that is a lot of people say it's the millennial attitude or gen z attitude or whatever the fuck or it's it's you know Players training together in the offseason and being friends instead of enemies on the, on the field. I wonder what you as a professional athlete that spent your entire career in the trenches, like the literal trenches. How do you feel about the way players communicate with each other these days? Who do you think are the best closers in, in professional sports right now? Like, who are the guys that transcend whatever this bullshit is going on right now and still come out and give 100% every single day? Because I feel like we talk about this on the show a lot. If Mahomes came out... And had that whole team firing on all cylinders for sixteen games a season, he would probably throw sixty touchdowns and six thousand yards, to be honest. But I don't think that'll ever happen. And maybe it can't. Maybe the seventy-three win Warriors is is like a warning. Like don't worry too much about the regular season if you want to win in the post. Maybe it is, but I want to know your thoughts on that.
1: I think Brady and <clears> that's the closest to it, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's so hard to win in pro sports. You have to commit so much and you have to be so disciplined and you have to work so hard. And once you get there, if you want to repeat, you basically have to reject all of the glory and all of the greatness that comes with finally winning that championship. You have to willing to humble yourself and discipline yourself and go through all that misery and that work again. Right. And it's really mm-hmm. hard to do in pro sports because you're making a lot of money and you're finally reaching the pinnacle of something you've worked your entire life to, to get there. And you want to enjoy it a little bit, right? right. Like everybody wants <clears throat> to win that Super Bowl or win that Stanley Cup or whatever. And then go enjoy it for a little while. And to be consistently great like New England was with Brady, right. you have to totally reject all that. I'll, I remember hearing a story when Brady was with the Patriots. It was like a week after he won the Super Bowl. He was sitting down and having dinner with Michael Strahan and Michael ordered a beer and was going to order a beer. And Brady said, no thanks, I'm in training. And Strahan was like, dude, you just won the Super Bowl a week ago. You can have a beer. Like... You don't even have mini camp for two more months. He was like, no, I'm in training. And that's the mentality you have to have literally 24 seven. You have to get your sleep. You have to eat right. You have to train right every single day of the year. And when you become super rich and super famous and you're successful and you win a championship, you may not want to do that every single day of the year. You want to maybe just enjoy it for a little bit. And that's why it's so hard in pro sports to keep repeating and be great every single year.
2: Right. So do you think uh, like we, we know who those people are that were able to do it for a long time? Brady was one of them. Tiger Woods was one of them. Obviously, Jordan and Kobe were, were two of those examples that throughout their entire career, 100% was left on the floor probably every single time they they, and they went into any kind of athletic competition. I don't know if there's anybody out there like that now. Uh, I, it, it, we, we've taken this Yeah, Mahomes turn. doesn't
0: seem to have that killer instinct where it's just like, <clears throat> hey, man, I want to drop 60 and murder your family. Right. Like That last dance doc was a great reminder yeah. for athletes today what it really takes to have a killer instinct, yeah, and um, like Jordan, I, you know,
2: Jordan was creating uh, problems that didn't exist just so he could fight those problems to keep himself motivated. That is, that seems pathological to some people, but that is exactly what it takes to win six consecutive titles, right, without ever losing one, and not in a row. Obviously, he was out for two years, but to win every single time you got to the finals, to be the MVP every time you got to the finals to To be perfect in the playoffs, I guess after you got your team together as as you wanted it, it takes a level of commitment that I just don't. Maybe I feel like there's three or four in every generation, though. Right? Like in the '90s, we saw uh, 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 you know Bird and Magic; those guys fucking they they didn't they never took a day off uh, ever. Jordan never took a day off going into the '90s and 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 obviously later in his career. But uh, Kobe never took a day off. He was a com- fierce, fierce competitor. I feel like Tim Duncan was a guy like that, but he was so quiet. Nobody ever really gave him that 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 respect. But in other sports, man, honestly, maybe in some other sports you can't do it. Baseball, 650 or so plate appearances in a single year. To be 100% locked in f- for 650 plate appearances.
1: That's what all those guys are.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Seriously. We, I mean, like, we talked to uh, – Aubrey Huff is a good buddy of ours. And he was like, man, halfway through my career, I'm just, like, fucking chugging Adderall, just trying to stay alert for every single bat up there because I knew, like, there's a bunch of great players around me. I'm a really good player, but if I want to be great and be on a great team, I've got to fucking perform a little bit better. And, you know, that's what it is. got to fucking be on all the time. Some of these people did it without stimulants or, or anything like that, They're like Kobe and, and, and Jordan – I am so impressed by those people. And usually, like I said, there's a couple in each generation. I don't know who they are right now. If I'm looking across all of sports right now, who are the closers? I don't know who the closers are anymore. And I feel like we've lost that. Like there's, we've lost faces and heels even because of it. Because I need to be able to hate. If, I, if I'm a, a, a fucking a, a, a Kansas City Chiefs fan right now, I need to be able to hate the Cleveland Browns, and I don't. I appreciate them because they're they, they're putting stuff together and it seems like even the fan even me as a fan my attitude has changed about the game and, and and i'm less attached emotionally to my own team and more attached to just seeing the game itself who are the closers right now Ross? who, who do you think in in all the professional sports
0: mahomes could do it a lebron as much as i hate to say it is is up there i just don't like his fucking game if he does it this um, year
2: then i'll give him the credit for being a closer. Yeah. Like in crunch time, by the way, his stats are great. I don't know. People, people like to talk a lot of shit about LeBron, and I'll, I'll get right there with him because the flopping and his attitude in general is bullshit. But in crunch time, he fucking shows up to play, and he never takes a day off. That motherfucker, say what you want about him, but he takes more hits than anybody in the NBA because he's so big, and the refs can't tell that he's getting hit that hard. And he, he plays hard on every single play. So say what you want about him. I guess he's probably the closest one, right? I can't think of anybody.
0: No. And and, uh, look, if you look at this weekend's games that we got here um, in the, you know, the final four games here, uh, Brady's still in it. Drew Brees is still in it. um, Mahomes is still in it. um, You know, these guys have been the guys for a while. Mahomes is trying to be that guy for a while. Look, since you're here, uh, Joe, let's let's breeze down these games here. We got Rams at Packers first up on Saturday. Mm. Um, That's a good game. This is Green. Green Bay minus sixth and a half in this one. I, I've not been wrong on Green Bay this season except for one single time gambling. Um, I am going all in on the Packers in this game. Do you see Aaron Rodgers losing in the first round at Lambeau?
1: I don't. I like the Packers.
2: Losing versus winning by seven is not the same thing, obviously, right? the The Rams defense, <laughs> the Rams defense looked really fucking good last week, and I don't know how. I honestly don't know how Jared Goff was even on the field. One, he we know that he had some kind of issue with his... I, I think it was his thumb tendon, right? Which is yeah, your, he yeah, he had Which surgery. He had full-on surgery last week. That is the way... For those of you who've never held a football before, that is the thumb and the pinky are the two dominant fucking pressure points when you're holding a football to throw a spiral. He also has the smallest hands of any starting quarterback in the entire NFL. And how the fuck did he do that, right, after having surgery? I don't know if they... Pumped the, the same torrid all into his hand that they pumped into Justin Fields' rib cage last night, or what happened? But whatever the fuck happened, he stepped up and played. That's the first time I've seen that particular guy because that's what we were talking about last week. If you remember, Ross, is that I didn't think that Goff with the surgery plus he's not he hasn't been the big time game guy ever. No, so, I look. He I, I should, didn't pick him.
0: He showed up him last week. He, he showed did.
2: up. I, what do you? I mean, what I, are you going to say about it now? He showed up to play. It's not like he fucking. Went full Mac Jones and, and and boosted his draft value, right? But he, he he certainly showed up to fucking play last week. I was impressed with the way he played. He handled the ball well. Didn't do a whole lot of stupid shit. And with that defense, maybe that's enough, right?
0: Yeah, I look, I slept during that game. I thought it was boring <clears throat> as shit. I thought the Seahawks and Rams are boring as shit. I'm all in on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers on this one, including the six and a half. I'm not going to buy shit on this. Mm. Um, I think they win by a touchdown. And uh, I I think Green Bay is probably going to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. That is yeah, that is I, my guess. I can't imagine. What about
2: I mean, you, Joe? The only other team that could beat them is the is the Bucs, right? The Saints can't beat Green Bay, I don't think. Frankly. No,
0: I, I don't think so either. Joe, do you got Green Bay going to the Super Bowl?
1: Yeah, I think they go. I think Aaron Rodgers is playing too good right now. Devontae Adams is impossible to, to shut down. And really, there's nobody else in the NFC that I look at and I say, well, they don't have any holes. Like, all these other teams they've got a, a lot of issues that they're dealing with that are bubbling up um, where they just haven't played really good consistent football down the stretch so I, I like green bay in the super bowl
0: yeah i do too uh next up though on saturday night this is the sexiest game of the weekend in my opinion ravens versus bills this is bills minus two i'm gonna keep rolling with the bills i've been the bills whisper this year i have not missed including last week I, took a, I told the audience to take a six-point teaser with it. I thought they were gonna win close, um, but not by the seven. So I, I dropped that down to one and I won that, that game. A lot of money for myself and the audience on that one. I'm gonna take the Bills since this is at minus two. I think this is a field goal game. Who you got, Joe?
1: Yeah, I like the Bills. I think Josh Allen is really rolling. Uh, I think the Ravens, they expended a lot of energy and emotion last weekend. And I think they're in for a little bit of a letdown. Um, after their game last week. And I I just think it's, it's the bills year right now. Right. They're rolling pretty good.
2: I want to, I just want to go over some stats for, for Josh Allen, by the way, because you've been hot on him the whole time. He's been in the league, Ross, uh, I had my doubts in year one, but after last year, I I had no doubts. And it wasn't because he had a great year last year. Only really, threw twenty touchdowns, but he improved his completion percentage by about seven percent, which is the sign of a quarterback learning shit, right? He's not only is he getting in tune with his receivers, but he's also learning the fucking the, the tempo of the NFL, which as <laughs> Joe can tell everybody, especially at the offensive line position, that the tempo in the NFL that's the difference between college and the NFL. In the same way that. Double A versus uh, uh, Major League Baseball, the curveball or the breaking pitches are the difference, right? It's That is what sets the good player or even the great player in college away from the good or great player in the NFL. So he clearly picked it up. This year's completion percentage was 70%, right, which is fucking excellent. That is top of the league right there. That's like top 5% or top 1 tile of the league. He had 4,500 yards passing, which is pretty good, but he also had almost 500 yards uh, on the ground and another eight touchdowns. So his total output was about 5,000 yards. He had about, uh, let's see, eight, uh, 45 touchdowns, 10 picks. Um, that's in a 107 overall rating. He he is now, Josh Allen, statistically speaking, is an elite NFL quarterback right now, right, just based on the numbers he's putting up. And he remi- it's honestly, I hate to make this comparison because I fucking – Eli Manning is a squishy face, but he's a young Eli Manning right now with a better fucking leg game. And he, they're going to have a lot of success if they keep put building around this guy up there. It's, this is going to be really exciting because he's 24 fucking years old right now. He's the same age as Mahomes. This is going to be a great AFC rivalry for the next 10 years. And what I hope is that at some point, Allen is able to win. So it actually turns into a rivalry and not just... I don't know who whomever was second place to Jordan. All those years, it'd be
0: awesome if the Bills won the Super Bowl. Not only for the Bills fans, but for everybody who sells tables across America. Yeah, you make a lot of money. Small businesses are closing down. We got to get those tables back out there.
2: Dan, are you taking the Bills in this game? Uh, Absolutely. I think uh, I think the Bills got hot at the right time. I think. You know, it's it's bad for them what happened last week because Lamar Jackson did get a lot of confidence. And when he plays with confidence, you know, he he can be prone to throwing interceptions and stuff like that. But when he plays with real confidence, he starts to use his legs more to create action in the passing game and not just action in the run game. Right. Like he's he's figured out. I think early in his career what it took a lot of the other mobile quarterbacks longer to figure out, which is that I don't have to run. The threat of me running is enough to open up some of these you know, sidearm passes and, and some of these checkdowns, particularly when I have J.K. Dobbins and Ingram in the backfield that can make some serious yardage downfield, right? So that's going to be a problem for them. But the Bills have the best pass rush in, in, in the NFL, right? So they're going to put some pressure on them, and that changes your game. If you're relying on a mobile quarterback and the pass rush is able to, to interdict that a little bit, that reduces the effectiveness of that overall. I think the Bills are in prime position to win this game. And to be honest, if <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens, right? Because I thought after the uh, wild, or the divisional round last year, like certainly the Chiefs have learned their lesson. They're not going to go down fucking two, three scores again and have to fight their way back. But they did it three games in a goddamn row. And if they do it against these teams this year, against the Browns who have an explosive offense, against the Bills who have an explosive offense, they may not fucking win. It's a very oh. interesting situation. I'm taking the I'm Bills glad. versus the Ravens. I think the Bills I, could beat the Ravens. Or, I'm sorry, I think I, the Bills could beat the Chiefs. I really do.
0: P- potentially. That'll bring us to the next game, which is Browns-Chiefs. It is KC minus 10 in this. I'm going to buy a half a point and take this at 9.5 um, on my bookie and go all in on the chiefs. Um, you can only play lazy for so long. It seems like every fourth game they, they decide to play. And I think the Browns are just happy about getting their first playoff win in a long time. And, uh, therefore I, I am S I'm sorry to say this, Joe, but I think it all comes to an end on Sunday for the Cleveland Browns. I'm going, I'm going the chiefs minus nine and a half here. Are you sticking with Browns at, at winning by 10?
1: Yeah, I like uh, I like Cleveland plus 10. Uh, their running game is going to be so effective against the Chiefs because the Chiefs are the worst when they're in the red zone on defense. Mm. And that's where you need to rush the football. And I think that Patrick Mahomes might be a little bit rusty, especially early on in the game. And Browns jump to an early lead, and they're able to just kind of milk the clock running the football down the stretch to eke out a win by 10 points.
0: D'Anthony, you got Chiefs? Oh, that was a long exhale, my
2: man. I'll this is, I'm, this is Chiefs-Browns. This is Mahomes versus Baker-Mayfield. No, I got it. I think uh, I think I'll think what I'll probably do is I'll take the Chiefs at uh, minus nine and a half, so I'll buy half a point. But I'm also going to take the Browns teaser at, at plus 16 because I don't think it's going to be that – Big of a difference to be honest. I, that's just not the style of football that the Chiefs have been playing all season, all of last year's playoffs. Why would you expect them to win by more than seven points? Because they haven't historically, right? So why would you expect that now? Why would they change now against the Browns? Maybe, maybe last week scared some fucking sense into them, and they're going to take it seriously. But I doubt it, right? Because we thought that last year. And yeah, we'll we'll find out. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to take so I'm going to take the Chiefs at minus nine and a half because I think they will win. By two scores, but I'm going to take the Browns at plus 16 on a teaser as well.
0: Okay, uh, this the last one's a fun game because I don't, I genuinely don't know who's going to win this game. It's Buccaneers against the Saints, Brady versus Breeze. They're each five thousand years old. Um, it's going to be we Willie Winky running through the town upstairs, downstairs in his nightgown, Joe through the streets of New Orleans. This is New Orleans minus three. Who wins? This is the third time they played each other this year. Who wins?
1: I like brady and the buccaneers i think they're playing their best football of the season down the stretch here in january and i don't know drew Brees just doesn't look like he's all the way back from all those cracked ribs and so i like the buccaneers
0: yeah i'm gonna take the buccaneers as well with the (laughs) points here on this one i think it's uh it's brady's time he's got he's got a lot to prove brady versus rogers would be a fun matchup yeah next week too to go to the super bowl i i know the ratings would would love it. Yeah, the, the, I mean that works obviously. Th- think
2: about the potential, I mean, what, what we would expect to see in the uh in the in the championship rounds here. We we would expect matchups between either Breeze and Brady or and Rogers, right? Or we'll see uh Mahomes versus uh Josh Allen Lamar Jackson, probably, right? Statistically speaking. Those are that this is turning out to be a lot more entertaining of an NFL postseason than last year, frankly, already. It is with the upsets, with the uh, with the quarterbacks that are still in. I think the best thing that can happen for football right now is that either Brady or I mean, frankly, I'm, I, don't, I don't know if this will happen or not. But I think either Brady or Rogers beats Mahomes in the Super Bowl this year and then Mahomes comes back next year and beats whichever one that is. And then that person leaves. And it's kind of like a torch passing kind of situation because you, you haven't seen that a lot in professional sports over the last however many years right i mean we we've seen like these soft transitions between the spurs and lakers dynasties uh 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 in into uh you know the warriors but it wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't like michael jordan finally beating the pistons you know what i mean in the eastern conference finals and then going to the the uh uh the finals and winning you know what i mean we haven't seen one of those transitions like those those handoffs from one generation to the next in a while i thought it might be uh uh mahomes finally winning after you know Brady had an off year or whatever the fuck, but I think it's still a lot of unresolved stuff going on there. You know, what I mean? we were at that AFC Championship game a couple of years ago where Brady beat Mahomes, and I always thought if, if I'm Mahomes, I want a chance to play Tom Brady in the fucking Super Bowl and beat him. That's what I want, right? You gotta, you gotta want that if you're fucking, if you're a winner, if you're an alpha, you gotta want that. Yeah,
0: it just depends. I mean, look. Uh... That it's a romantic notion. Hope you know that there would be a, a sweet transition of power in the NFL. <clears throat> it's probably going to be about as smooth as Trump and Biden here. So yeah. uh, I'm not hoping. F- I'm, I, it's. It, it'll probably be somebody fucking weird in there. But but who knows? Uh, but but I'm definitely going in on the Chiefs here. Um,
2: and uh, what about you? Uh, you think the Bucks are going to beat the Saints, right?
0: Yeah, I, I've got I've got Buccaneers in that one. So I'm you're gonna take.
2: Chiefs. So you're gonna take the money line on the Bucks, not the plus three.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take the money line yeah. in that straight up. I think the Buccaneers will win this game. I'm with you, Joe. Um, they're playing great football mm-hmm. right now. And, uh, dude, Brady versus Aaron Rodgers is pure sex. Yeah. Who doesn't want to see that on a Sunday night? Um, that'll be fun as shit. Um, now's the point in the show we get to the drinking bro of the week, who is someone who has inspired you or helped you become the person you are today. Who, who would you like to give the drinking bro of the week to, Joe?
1: Oh, boy. Uh, Alex Mack center for the Atlanta Falcons. He was my longtime teammate in Cleveland. Great dude. He was uh, my buddy that I used to go to every Super Bowl party with. So he was definitely my drinking bro.
0: Nice. That's awesome. Look, I'm a Falcons fan, unfortunately.
2: Oh, (laughs) so
1: you actually know that name. I was going with somebody that nobody had ever heard of.
0: No, I know who it is. I know all of them, and it's it's been a colossal disappointment. Uh, well, he was,
2: he was great, though, but the team, yeah, for sure. No,
0: he was great. It's just our team. That, that's yeah. su- I was at that Super Bowl, Joe, where we lost uh, was that it? 28-3 game. What's up? Awful. I, I'm one of those people where it's like, put
2: me in a, in a Falcon's coffin when I die yeah. just
0: so they can let me down one more time, that fucking team, man. I hate them. Um,
2: well, we but, both uh, grew up Braves fans, too, so it kind of runs in the blood there. Uh, before we get off the air, I want to talk about uh, just really quick Uh, The fact that Joe Thomas is or at least should be a first ballot Hall of Famer, right? I mean, I'm looking at it's it can be difficult to for the for the casual fan to quantify what an what a Hall of Famer uh, offensive lineman looks like. I can tell you what it looks like. It looks like uh, from 2007 until 2016, 16 games played, 16 games started, 16 games played, 16 games started. And it goes on like that for 10 fucking years, taking constant, brutal damage to your head. The fucking broken fingers, all that bullshit, the fucking sore backs, eating goddamn 60,000 calories a day and training and all that shit. And, uh, you know, showing up every single day to fucking play and putting up the kind of numbers uh, you did is uh, incredible. I mean, everybody that I've ever read about like uh, 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 Clayton from ESPN, we all know that squirrely looking weird little guy. Is is pretty adamant about he, he's been he's been kind of on the stump for you over the last couple of years. Anytime anybody's asking about John McLean and Houston is is like you know Orlando Pace, Walter Jones, Jonathan Ogden. We all know these names now because they're all Hall of Famers. He's of the opinion that you are in that group, and honestly, you can't get more respect than that. That's the most respect you can get from a guy that's a Hall of Fame voter to say you're among the best that has ever done that job. So we really appreciate you coming on the show. Hopefully when you become eligible here uh soon you will get uh all the votes, right? Because you deserve it. Yeah, when them. is it? What year are you eligible to go in? 22. Yeah, you it's retired. 22, right? Or it 23. Be, I think, 22, yeah. yeah, 22 or 23. Is it the year it's the year you fi- actually file your retirement papers, right?
1: Yeah. I, I you know, I haven't thought about it a whole lot, but I I do know that it's like either 22 or 23 because I think I retired at 17. Yeah. But that was my last year. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, look, you'll be getting a gold jacket. I don't know who's doing your bust. Um, I know they don't let you take a peek at it beforehand. Some of them have turned out weird, man. Hopefully yours is cool. Do you remember know?
2: that one they made of Cristiano Ronaldo? <laughs> yeah, that's the best one ever. It looked like, it looked oh, like his oh, face oh, was oh, melting oh. off or some shit. Talk
1: about an O-liner unless you just screw up the like a Ronaldo. Yeah.
0: That's uh, the dream. It'd be the best. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you and tell everybody about your new podcast. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you can check me out on the Tomahawk show. You get it wherever where you find your podcasts. Uh we've slacked and we've only done one show this entire year, but uh you go back in the catalog and you know, dig up the old good stuff. We got lots of fun Super Bowl stories. But my my main gig is I work for NFL Network and you can find me on Twitter at Joe Thomas Seventy Three.
0: Just out of curiosity, do you guys rage when you're watching the game and you're not on air? Like are people boozing behind the scenes in like the green room?
1: <laughs> like before we go back on air?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, during the oh. games. Because you always figure that it's like a party with, like, wings and beer and shit back there. Uh,
1: there's wings. There's no beer. Uh, they try not to get us too drunk before we go back out on TV because uh, they being in the NFL. Uh, they don't want... Their uh, product sullied, like uh, maybe you would on a podcast. Yeah, you remember. You Not remember. To mention any podcast by name. <laughs>
2: but, you know,
1: they don't want a bunch of drunk stone people to show up on their podcast.
2: Hey, relax with the judgment. By the way, did you, <laughs> you remember uh, Namath drunk as fuck trying to make out with that girl on the sidelines or whatever the fuck? You Remember that shit? Oh
0: yeah. yeah.
2: So they're they're probably trying to avoid that, yeah, right? They, they avoid that. You don't you don't need that. You don't need uh, you don't need. Mm-hmm. grab people by the pussy in between uh in between live segments right come on yeah
0: oh dude i remember they had to wake up michael irvin for espn wants to do a cowboy story at like midnight and uh you could tell he had just lit a a new fresh bowl of crack and it was like shit. he had to go on air and was able to pull it together but uh I i always pictured everybody partying at that nfl studios are you out in l.a
1: Usually we're out in LA for Total Access, but for Thursday Night Football, which is the games that I do, they used to put us on location. But with COVID, they've got us all working from home now.
2: Mm. And where do you live? Oh.
1: Where do I live? I live in Madison.
2: Oh, sweet. What part? Like, what's your address?
1: Uh, on the west side. I, I don't live near Wando's <laughs> anymore. That was oh yeah, was. yeah. West side. Live,
2: west side's better. East side's all hippies and uh, and weirdos yeah, over there. Yeah. East side
1: is definitely the. Uh, the crunchy granola oh yeah
2: powder. yeah i lived over there for a while it was weird <laughs>
1: i mean i love those people too though oh yeah we I love
2: them. i i mean i lived there i enjoyed it very much but it's like uh my downstairs neighbors were two uh postdoctoral graduate students i'm like all right cool i mean i'm in madison sweet Showing <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
0: oh man this is awesome uh joe thomas we greatly appreciate it uh mm-hmm. in our opinion you'll be a first ballot hall of famer here very very soon uh, thank you for your time today. Please check out his podcast, and you can always see him on the NFL Network. Last question. That's a dope lid. Who made that hat?
1: You know what? I don't even know. The Browns gave this to me because um, <coughs> I'm, I'm a hunter. and Yeah. I think it's a special edition. Like, I don't think you can buy this shit in stores.
2: Maybe. It's a Richardson hat for sure because I understand, I, I, I recognize oh, the style. The yeah, if you look on the – Yeah, look at that. You're yeah, right. Yeah, it's Richardson ah, I never I'm, I'm very rarely wrong about that kind of stuff. Anyways, if you like to hunt, you should come down here. We'll get into helicopters, shoot some hogs from the helicopters with suppressed uh, rifles and stuff. We'll have a good time. How about that? We'll take you out with Tim Kennedy and uh, let him show you how to shoot a sniper rifle and stuff like that. And then you guys can fight to the death because I'd love to see it. It's a deal. Yeah, there we go. Let's
0: do it. Uh, Next time you see us, we will all be fighting for D'Anthony D'Anthony Holloway and on PCP. Thomas, I'm Ross Patterson. This is the Drinking Bros (laughs) Sports. Good night, everyone.
2: We're gonna have to change the name of the show to Drinking Bros Sports.